Oh, my sweet babies, it's time for us to join together in Movie Mastery. Come together with me around this campfire, won't you, and sing along. I'm your camp counselor, John, and over here, your other camp counselor, Ugg. Uh, brush your teeth, you worms. There you go. Good job, Jeff. You did it. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what an Ugg would say. That's pretty much the guy from Slate Your Shorts, right? Yeah, that's his name. That's his Ugly. Name. Okay, yeah, perfect. Good. Ugly. Ugly. <laughs> Well, at least I'm not donkey lips. <laughs> at least we can take a small bit of comfort in the fact that you aren't donkey lips. Although I believe donkey lips is kind of still an active internet presence and kind of like a like a nerd dude now. Yeah, man. He hangs out. He's a cool guy. Yeah. So good on you, donkey lips. Good, good on you, guy we Sh- will never know the name of. Shine on, you donkey diamond. <laughs> uh, so, it is Movie Mastery. We are watching the movies that you recommend to us. And uh, don't know what we're going to see until we sit down to watch it. This week, we randomly rolled up uh, a weird one that I remember seeing bits and pieces of as a child. But it's uh, a a rock a doodle. It's it's rock rock a doodle rock a doodle rock a doodle rock a singular doodle. Yeah, I think you actually have to pronounce it as a sharp a because rock a doodle. Yes, because that's that's the way a chicken would crow. Of course, is. <laughs> They, they they say cock a doodle cock a doodle yes indeed that <laughs> the flat accent awaken of- <laughs> farmers across the country you're cock just, a doodle you're doing your regular robot announcer voice <laughs> yeah well that's robo <laughs> greetings humans rock a doodle rock a doodle <laughs> so uh it is a uh, who who did this bluth it's don, don it's don bluth you, you can tell from what minute one that it's a Don Bluth movie? I keep for in my mind. I keep wanting to say Ralph Bakshi. Yeah, and Ralph Bakshi's a different kind of ugly. Yeah, no, I'm just super excited that it isn't Ralph Bakshi because that is it just hurts my well, soul. There, that and the Ralph Bakshi movies that are left that we haven't done yet are pretty dire. Oh, just to, the worst. So yeah, we got. I think the ones we haven't done yet are two or three of the really racist '70s New York ones, like like <laughs> like Coonskin, uh, and then. We haven't done his Lord of the Rings yet, which is deeply melty and ugly. It's full of cheap live action sequences that were filmed through what appears to be a paper towel. And uh, also, for some reason, we haven't had to do Cool World yet. Nah, we ain't doing Cool World. I've seen Cool World. I'll do it. I'll do whatever. <laughs> I don't care. I'll kick a basketball. Just put <laughs> one in front of me. Uh, so yeah, it is Don Bluth, and it is Donnie B. Uh, 92, 1992 animated film about a singing rooster. Sort of. I mean, that singing rooster is clearly the, he's more like the suitcase of Pulp Fiction in this movie than he is the star. Well, I mean, he gets a decent amount of screen time. Yeah, but really the whole movie is other people have to get this rooster to go around to various places. Well, they're just trying to get that rooster back. Yeah, they need to get that rooster back so he can sing, but it's really, it's not that up to him. There's no point where he's like, I gotta get back to that there farm. He's, I mean. I mean, you know, I mean, until he does. Yeah, but I mean, even then, he's like, I'm riding along in this car with them because I'm unconscious, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, Uh, I say boy. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. It's Foghorn Leghorn trying to get back to the farm so we can sing. To bring back the sun. Yeah, he, the way he brings the sun back is, Camp Town races, sing this song, doo-dah, doo-dah. That cat's got rocks in his ears, boy, I tells you. <laughs> now listen up, son. I said listen up. That would have made this movie a lot better. <laughs> Honestly, just a remake of this starring Looney Tunes characters instead would be a far cry above what it, Instead of that random stuttery pig in this movie... We could get Porky Pig. Yeah. Instead of that mouse, we could have some mouse from Looney Tunes. Yeah, you could have uh, Speedy Gonzalez. There you go. Speedy Gonzalez as uh, Peepers, I think. Peepers. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, a weird movie that has... It tries to be a musical and sort of fails. It, it does, because the only songs in it are... Well, okay, there's bad songs in it. When do we want to well, do our break for credits and shit? I mean, we'll do it in a second, but it's. I'm just going <laughs> to mentioned that it's sort of weird that the movie wants to be a musical mm-hmm. but it maybe has like three full songs and the rest of them are like five second interstitials yeah there's these weird little baby songs in this thing it's and, just, and it, do, it doesn't have anything to do with anything it's like oh we're running out of batteries yeah. here's a 10 second song there's, about running out of batteries there's a tiny little song about that it's like they're running out of batteries of batteries of batteries they're running out of batteries and soon it will be dark and that's it. And that's the whole song. And they like, all just stand around like 
you know, looking for the rest of the script for this. Like, <laughs> like, hang on, I feel like there should be a whole song coming up here. You kind of stand around. One of them's just like looking nervously. Another yeah. one lights up a cigarette. They're like, "Are we? Are we done?" The scriptwriter comes running in with a bunch of papers flying out of his hands, and he's like, "No, who could write a whole song about running out of batteries?" <laughs> Uh, So yeah, we will get back with the full ridiculous plot in just a moment for Rock A Doodle. Rock A Doodle. Just one. Twiddly dee, twiddly dee. They're running out. They're running out. They're running out of batteries. Of batteries. (laughs) No batteries. So the songs in this... Starts out right at the start is uh, our main character, Chanticleer. Well, it starts in space. <laughs> Way out in space. It does. It starts in like nebulas and stuff. The whole opening credits is played out over nebulas, and then they do a thing where a sun rises over a planet, and the sun's got like these huge goopy sparks flying off it. And meanwhile, the whole time there's an old timey farm guy who's like, let me tell you all a tale about a time the sun didn't rise the way it were supposed to rise and no. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the main narration in this, instead of just happening at the beginning slash and or and it happens throughout like. It's the dog. The dog is the narrator, and he just keeps randomly narrating things. Which is lovely, because the dog is the guy who voiced Baloo and, and the lead cat from the Aristocats and stuff. So. Oh, yeah, but every time he's like, well, let me tell you, we were down there on the farm with the bare necessities. And you're like, oh, God damn it, I can't get you out of my head with that. It was something else, too. Oh, he was uh, he was uh, Lil John. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was just Baloo in it was, pants. Yeah, it was just Baloo, only brown. <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't wearing pants, he just had a tunic. Hey, he had pantaloons at one point. Oh, that's right, he was having trouble keeping them up, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was running around being like, oink, yoink, yoink with him. That guy did a bunch of Disney movies. That was when they were all really cheap, and I guess he loved being in cheap cartoons. Well, I mean, if you're a guy who's like, I'm recognizably a voice from Disney stuff, then when someone else is like, hey, you want to be in our cartoon? You're like, oh, I can ask for more money. <laughs> and which voice would you like me to do? I have a whole range of them. I can do... A big, goofy cartoon bear. Uh, I can do a cat who sounds like a big, goofy cartoon bear. I could do a dog that sounds like a big, goofy cartoon bear. And they're like, ooh, that one. That's ooh, that's ooh, the ooh. one. You got it. You <laughs> nailed it on that one. <laughs> you got it in four, buddy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, the whole narration is like, everyone knows that the sun comes up, but maybe, maybe it didn't one time. And anyway, here's the story. <laughs> Pretty much. And, yeah, it's standard... Basically, when I saw that this was going to be a Don Bluth movie, I did. We stopped doing predictions a while ago, but but yeah. uh, but my predictions that I said anyway were: it's a Don Bluth movie. There's going to be a lot of characters talking quietly in the background while loud sound effects and other dialogue is happening. <laughs> also, there's going to be a lot of grainy light effects that are supposed to look super cool, but mostly just are distracting. Yeah, and wouldn't you know it? There's both in the first what minute? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's standard Don Bluth. There's too much business going on all the time. Huh. Like, anytime there's four characters on screen and only one of them's talking, the other three are all jittering around. Oh, yeah. Well, you always have, like, two of them get into an argument, and then it, like, fades away from them, and then two other people have a main conversation while the argument is still going on. Yeah, and meanwhile, there's at least three characters in the background dancing or doing flips or something. It's <laughs> just, just flipping, no just, matter what's happening. Just doing stuff. It's it, he, he was definitely under the opinion that no movie could have enough business. <laughs> yeah. He, he was like, look, I've seen Clint Howard's heavy business, and it's time to go into business for my this own. Is, this is Don Bluth's extra heavy business. <laughs> Don Bluth's animated extra heavy industrial strength business. <laughs> it comes out of the can in huge chunks instead of powder. You can only get it at Costco. It's like the rock salt of business. <laughs> you got to get tubs of this. <laughs> Use this animated extra heavy business to clean off your sidewalk when it freezes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we, we start in with our, our rooster sort of main character-ish. He's just Glenn Campbell doing Elvis. And it's, it's Chanticleer. And also, what is that name? I don't know. I've never heard the name Chanticleer for anything else ever. I don't know if that's, does that like mean rooster in another language or something? in French it means good singer or something, but... (laughs) Sort of. It's kind of a bastardized version of that. Well, there you go. And he is... He's a singing and bringing up the sun and rock do. So he sings a song about how his dad taught him to sing, and that's why he has to sing every day to bring up the sun. Yeah. And he just sort of does a bunch of basic Elvis business. Yeah, it, it is very much every time he sings a song, you could basically pull what Elvis movie it is from. 
Yeah. So this one, he's down home on a farm. You've got uh, like you'll have one later where it's a surf one, and you'll have one where it's there's yeah there's there's a there's two more that are major songs of his, and one of them's underground underwater, and it's the surf one, and then the other one's just sort of a fifties doo wop thing. Yeah. And so <laughs> the weird thing with this is his whole song is about like oh I make the sun come up and I I make it so it never rains, and I go. Dude, this is a farm. You live on a farm. You kind of need that. Yeah. There's multiple shots of him in this movie angrily chasing rain clouds off. And I'm like... Just chastising some (laughs) rain cloud. Like, you get the fuck out of here. I like to think the farm is going horribly out of business because they they never get rain. And the animals are all like, we're helping. We're doing the right thing. We love this. We love it when it's sunny. And just the people on the farm are like, oh, God. Oh, we're going to have to sell. It's been a terrible season, Jimmy. (laughs) Oh, we're going to have to get together and... Go to California. We're going to go on a road trip. and We can't afford groceries. Someone go kill that rooster. <laughs> so I'll make a stew. So we do the, the whole song a bit with that. And we also get narrated introduced to our main villain. Uh, who yes. Is the, the Duke of Owls. The Duke of Owls. And this movie, for some reason, horribly demonizes owls. Oh, yeah. It's like, no, owls are just horrible murderers that want to, like, kill everything and they hate sunlight but also love rain it's like i don't want to demonize don bluth for disliking owls because i mean anyone who's seen you know uh, the secret of nim yeah remembers that horrifying owl from oh that yeah movie. that that childhood destroying owl yeah but it's not like he wrote the secret of nim that's that's a book he just decided to make that owl look like evil gandalf <laughs> <laughs> With, like, eyebrows it could fight with. I, that thing is just, that is, yeah, it's a childhood-destroying owl. Yeah. I think he probably saw his own owl as a kid and was like, I hate owls from now on. Oh, yeah, he's like, oh, owls are terrifying. And then he read Secret of Nim and he's like, obviously, this owl is terrifying. This confirms my suspicions about evil owls. <laughs> I'll go on to make more movies with evil owls. Also, he ends up giving, like, pineapple rings around their eyes all the time. Yeah, he does. That movie, that the Duke of Owls has pineapple ring eyes. Yeah, it's weird. It's got, like, chameleon eyes. I've seen that on very animated things before and i never understood why they were like yeah that's a look we're going for that's definitely what you want you want a bunch of vertical lines radiating around the eyes like a drawing of the sun yeah that's a thing anything but a chameleon has (laughs) so Uh. so anyway the duke of owls apparently hates sunlight uh but loves darkness and wants darkness so it can eat all the farm animals with his owl buddies yeah they hate the fact that I guess they only have a few hours of night, but they also really want rain for some reason. Yeah, they like, love, that's a big thing. They love rain, and they want to eat farm animals. And what what are our main farm animals in this movie? Well, after the song's over, I guess kind of during the song, and we get the introduction to who's the main characters. And it's really common, well-known farm animals that end up being the main characters. Like uh, a magpie. Like, a, like a, a magpie slash woodpecker thing, and a mouse. Yeah, you know. Your standard farm animals. Farm animals you want, you know, when you're when you're down home on the farm and you're raising magpies and mice. Yep. And that magpie is voiced by goddamn Eddie Deason. <laughs> Deason nuts. Eddie Deason's another voice actor with one voice. Yeah. One of those guys who was like, I've landed a career and I, I'm I'm gonna maintain this career and you'll you'll always know when I'm in a movie because I've got that one voice you hired me for. Yeah, and it is it's an annoying voice. It's, I'm not going to lie. It's weird that he did not do the voice of Brainy Spurf, because that's what he sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it's me. I'm a nerd. Every time. Like, if, you'd, if you're if you trying to p- place Eddie Deason right now, he's Eugene in Greece. <laughs> the the nerd who gets his books dumped for no reason. Yeah. That poor... He's so, was such, so sad in that movie. I, was like, I hate these dicks. I hate these jocks who are lead characters in Greece now. I hate all of you. Why aren't you being nice to this random, friendly nerd? Come on, greasers. You're you're outcast as well. Be yeah. nice to the nerds. Recognize him as a fellow. Like you can hate on the jocks. That's fine. Yeah. We understand that you're doing that. But, but but nerds are a kindred spirit. Come on, greasers. It's like when I was in high school, I was in the nerds, and we always hang out with the goths. Yeah, and it was like we didn't hate each other. We were both outcasts. Yeah, because goths are basically just dark nerds. Ah, the dark nerds. <laughs> They're just nerds with a boob shelf. <laughs> that's 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 what they are. They're just fashion conscious nerds. <laughs> Makeup heavy nerds. That's, yeah, that's all you. That's goth. No problem. Also, they listen to really boring music. Just the worst, boringest music. <laughs> Come at me, goths. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but I mean, there's other farm animals, but the ones who go on the adventure are the local farm dog. This extremely irritating, dressed like a like a what like an undertaker magpie. The weird thing is, they also all have weird like speech impediments. Yeah. 
the magpie. Well, it's Eddie Deason, so. It was, is Eddie Deason, so it just sounds weird to begin with. But he kind of stutters and talks fast. Yeah. You've got Peepers the mouse who has a lisp. Yeah, she has a lisp. And is Sandy Duncan. Yeah, weirdly enough. Yeah, so Sandy Duncan, Duncan arguably the main character of the movie, I'd say, maybe. <laughs> well, I, I would say that America runs on Sandy Duncan. <laughs> You're terrible, and I hate you. <laughs> also, I'm mad that there's no Dunkin' Donuts any like within 50 miles of here. No. Every time I see a commercial for Dunkin' Donuts here, I'm like, that doesn't exist here. Get out. What do you do? You're just trying to get me to buy your crappy coffee at the Target, aren't you? Get out That's of what, here, Dunkin'. Because this place is, I don't even know what donut town this is, because it's not like there's any donut chains that are successful here. There's, there's the Krispy Kram. There's two of them left in San Diego from the 11 that used to be here. Yep. I mean, Krispy Kreme died here. Duncan never even tried to show up. What do, it's all mom and pop donuts here. Because everyone loves them. They know. They are the best, and everyone knows it. But anyway, she's dressed in a raincoat for the whole movie and is a mouse. Yeah. And then you've got, uh, I forget the dog's name. It's like Talbo or something. It's not... It, pa, pa, Patu. 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 Yeah, that's it. And Patu, I don't know who would name a dog Patu. I get someone who was naming his dog, but who was supposed to be naming his dog, but was instead spitting. Yeah. That's what probably what it is. It's like, hey, Paul, what should we name this dog? Patu. All right, Dad, that's a legally binding agreement. First thing comes out of your mouth. That's the dog's name. That's, that's how we do. That's why the other dog's name is God damn it, boy, get out of here. <laughs> uh, and right after this song and everyone's super happy and we like find out that the duke of owls exists we then cut and stop that narration from the dog start narration from a mom it goes to live action and we have a little kid who's being read the book of the story of chanticleer yes yeah and, and she or the little boy for all the world looks like baby billy idol <laughs> You know what? I am willing to go ahead and say that is actually true. Yeah. I did not think of that. <laughs> it's, it's baby Billy Idol in the days before he went all punk and flamed his own dad. That's <laughs> yeah. That's who he, he doesn't have an album called Cyberpunk yet. But we also see that oh, uh, the the story that's being told by the mom now we get a little bit of animation, but now the narration is the mother. Yes, and the story continues on with uh, there's the Duke of Owls sends someone to fight Chanticleer. That was such a random moment. Just some random other t chicken shows up, but he's like, "Hey, Chanticleer!" Also, the other chicken 100% sounds like Keith David. I don't know if it was, <laughs> but it sounds exactly like Keith David. <laughs> hey, Chanticleer, we need to fight over whether or not there's aliens. <laughs> I don't want to put these glasses on, Chanticleer. I'm gonna punch you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a 15 minute fight, Chanticleer. But they have like a, a couple minute fight for no reason. He just pops up and he's like, hey, Chanticleer, I'm a mean chicken. All right, well, I guess we got to fight. Well, I guess it's go time. So he fights and in his fight, he forgets that he has to sing a song that brings up the sun and he does not bring up the sun, but then the sun comes up anyway. Yeah, the sun begins to rise and everyone realizes, oh, it was rising without Chanticleer. Yeah, so all these people basically have like a Galileo Copernicus moment where they realize that the sun uh, does not revolve around the earth briefly, and they decide to stone the person who's been claiming that for 50 years by exiling Chanticleer. Yeah, they all make fun of him and he leaves the farm because they're like, ah, we don't need you, buddy. Yeah, and apparently he can't take like a moment's worth of verbal abuse. No. He's, he's completely thin skinned he's like he's what? like oh the, the farm made fun of me i'm leaving to the big city i'm leaving forever goodbye <laughs> so that's when we cut back to uh the normal like live action stuff and there's a big storm so it's sort of representing the fact that chanticleer has gone and now there's a big storm so i think what you're supposed to realize at this point is that the outside of this house is animated yeah, but I mean, pretty much what we are realizing at this point is we are 100% in a never-ending story yeah, situation. It's, it's definitely a never-ending story. He's reading a book while it actually happens, and eventually he has to open up a window and yell. Yeah, he's going to open up a window and just yell out, and he does literally do this. Yep. Opens a window and yells out Chanticleer, and I'm like, oh, that's a terrible name. And, as far as I, I can tell, that's that's exactly what the kid was yelling in never-ending story. I might as, who, who could tell? Might as well be. He certainly did open up a window and kind of go, whoa, <laughs> the childlike empress chanticleer <laughs> it's better than what her name used to be yeah <laughs> oh god it, that was so much better than moon child yeah it was moon flower 
That's that's what he's actually supposed to be yelling, and I feel like the director must have hated that based on the book that the movie's based on. Yeah, and was like, yeah, just just yell something. We don't, I don't want to pay credence to Moonflower. That's a dumb hippie name. Just just streaming nonsense out the window if you can, kid. Yeah, and he and he certainly did. And and for that day forward, the childlike empress was named Yabagawa, which yeah. I'm sure she loved, <laughs> and she loved it, and indeed she did. <laughs> so. Yelling out the window, Sean Claire, because little kid has it in his mind that the reason that this storm is happening is because Sean Claire isn't there. Yes. I, I guess they probably could have thrown in something here about how the farm's rooster also disappeared recently. Yeah, they that don't would, mention that? That would have been a nice connection. But instead... Magpie crop's coming in real good this year. <laughs> oh, doing real good on those glasses-wearing mice, though. Uh <laughs> We need uh, we need more corn husks. We can keep making them little tiny rain cloths for our for our mice that we raise <laughs> here on this weird ass farm. <laughs> this fucking strange farm. But apparently the storm isn't just a regular raining outside. It's like a real scary will destroy the farm storm. Oh yeah, they've they've got the whole family out there trying to get the animals into shelter, except for baby Billy Idol because he's too little, so he has to stay in bed with a book about storms destroying farms. <laughs> yeah, which which is exactly what you would want to give him at that time. Oh, and you have to imagine this storm has to has to have been going on for a while if they're like oh we're in trouble that like we might flood out and the animals are gonna be screwed so they that mother picked this story about a farm getting flooded and was like this ought to soothe my child (laughs) this is the one for this here we go an evil owl and a flooded farm this ought to make him go to sleep (laughs) i bought this from the so your lifestyle is about to be destroyed section at hallmark books Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> next I'm going to read him about the Grapes of Wrath. <laughs> you got to read the Grapes of Wrath, kid. You're Tom. <laughs> You're the turtle. <laughs> so <laughs> then the Duke of Owls hears him calling Chanticleer's name and a an giant animated owl comes into his room. Oh, yeah. This is some, uh, you know, th- we've seen these live action mixed with animation type cartoons uh, from before this as well, like Pete's Dragon is from way before this. Yeah, I mean, this. Song of the South. Yeah, Song of the South from way, way, way before this. And you know what? All of those are more realistic than this like two-minute sequence <laughs> where the owl sort of lands near the ground and is pretty much good enough. Yeah, it is fine. <laughs> it's whatever. It turns out the Duke of Owls can breathe magic that does whatever he wants. He just has magic breath. Yeah, he just sort of, whenever he kind of opens his mouth and breathes out, it's like Lucky Charms come firing out of there. Oh, yeah, I think he ate a leprechaun. Yeah, he pretty much ate a leprechaun and can fart up red dust full of Lucky Charms or blue dust full of Lucky, lucky Charms, depending on how mad he is. Yeah. Uh, and it just does whatever. And in this case, what it does is it turns the kid's room animated. And makes the kid into a kitten because he's like, well, I want to eat this child. But... You're too big, and I always have much better ease digesting cats. Yeah, so he, I guess that's why there's no other cats on the farm. I guess. He's probably already gotten them all. Got him. So he breathes magic lucky charms at the kid, and the kid turns into a cartoon cat, which, of course, it's going to take him about five minutes to realize and then have to do that mirror sequence. I'm a cat. Oh, no. Oh, and going with the trend of people with weird speech impediments, he has, like, the most affected child voice. Oh my god, I'm a cat. Yeah, I didn't even want to try and do I can't do that impression. It's so, the worst. Yeah, basically, he he, ta- he talks like a cartoon baby. Yeah. And notably, the actor playing the little kid uh, doesn't even have a clickable name on IMDb. No, this guy went on to do nothing. Yeah, that's that's the end of him. Yep. So, uh, so he gets turned into a cartoon cat, and then the owl... Uh, gets scared off by a lucky burst of flashlight light. Yeah, so he finds a flashlight and shines it at him, and it makes him fly off. Yeah, and at that point, uh, the water is raised high enough outside that a dog comes crashing in via like a little boat or something. Uh, so, so that's when the when Patu arrives. Yeah, and uh, we get all of the farm animals start like crashing in all of a sudden. Yeah, so Patu comes in first, and he gets a couple of seconds of explaining what's going on to the kid. Uh, and then right after that, the kid has the terrifying realization that he is in fact a kitten and he has to freak out. He's like, but I'm not a kitten. I'm a little boy. Oh, I'm naked. I've got to get clothes on. Well, that's great. When he says I'm not wearing any pants and he runs behind a, a, a dresser, puts on a shirt and comes back out. Yeah. He's got a hat and a shirt and he's like, oh, phew. There we go. If <laughs> I'm not going to wear pants, I definitely need a shirt. Took care of that problem. <laughs> 
It's great because he specifically notes that he's not wearing pants. Yeah, it's not, I'm not wearing any clothes. It's, I'm not wearing any pants. And then he leaves and comes back not wearing any pants. <laughs> I want to try that at a party sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Just come out naked. Oh, shit, I'm naked. Walk away again, come back out in a shirt. There we go. Uh, much better. Okay. Also, I've got my coonskin hat. <laughs> who who would like an hors d'oeuvre? <laughs> Can I mix a drink for anyone? <laughs> who, you look like you're pretty hot. Let me fan you. Let me just lean in on you real good. Let me get one leg up on that chair you're sitting in. <laughs> hey, how's that conversation going? <laughs> would it be benefited by my dick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate to butt in here, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm spinning pretty impressively. If you, if you want to take a look at that. Everyone, hey, everyone, yeah, gather around. I'm doing some party tricks. Uh, so this is when the, uh, the, mouse. the little, the little kid is like, well, we got to do whatever. And the mouse is like, we need to find shot to clear. Well, the, you were missing the part where the mouse comes in. And for some reason, the kid in the only time this happens in the entire movie gets cat instincts and tries to hunt and eat her. Oh yeah. Is like, oh, mouse. And then like sort of pounces after her and then goes, wait a minute. What am I doing? I'm a little kid. I'm a little boy. And then he, he just. That's the last time we see him do anything remotely cat-like through the rest of the movie. If anything, he's probably a cat because, you know, a cartoon human would have looked worse. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, there is a brief point where he is a cartoon human, and it looks terrible. Real bad. It's not like the cat looks great either. As soon as he gets the hat on, he is visually indistinguishable from Fievel. Yeah, he's pretty much just cat Fievel. Yeah, he's slightly larger Fievel. This is Fievel goes cat. <laughs> uh, uh, so... So, yeah, at this point, the mouse comes back in, and she's like, well, I'm determined. And he's like, I can't help you guys. Oh, I'm too little and small. I hate this kid. Yeah. The entire movie is him going, I can't do that. I'm too little. Yeah. And then Sandy Duncan's mouse character going, I'm really little, and I can do it. Yeah. So suck on that, there's, kid. There's, like, literally never a point where he's like, I've learned the lesson she's been trying to teach me. No. He's... For the entirety of the film, like, I'm too little. There's a the point where he gets time. mad and flips out and gets ba- and tries to rescue her, but she's already f- completely taking care of it herself. Oh, yeah. By the time he gets, he's like, I'm screwing up my courage, I is. Ooh. And then he finally gets the courage to go back to where she is, and she's like, oh, I hijacked a plane while you were gone. Fuck you. <laughs> Get dunked on. I don't care. <laughs> you are extraneous to this plot. You do not need to be here. You add nothing. Get out of here, Davy Crockett the cat. You are useless. Also, Chanticleer doesn't even know you. How are you going <laughs> to be like, come with me, random rooster? You don't know me. <laughs> yeah, he, with, the movie just needed to star a kid. Yeah. That's literally all that's happening. So... Baloo the dog and Sandy Duncan the mouse uh, managed to get all the other farm animals into this room. And so he's like, look, the we're going to go on an adventure because it's the dog, the magpie, the mouse, and the cat. I was like, look, we're going on cool adventures. Notably, the magpie doesn't even really want to go and isn't all that worried about the situation or anything. He just goes because he's the most famous voice actor left. He's like, oh, I should go because I'm here. Wee. Yeah, I'm not going to help or nothing. And... Then he's like, rest of you, stay in this room. Here's a flashlight. If owls come, use the flashlight. Peace. Yeah, and that's what happens. And there's a pig and some other animals that decide to stay behind and, and I guess, guard this room. I don't know why they aren't hiding or whatever. Uh, at this point, we cut to the owls so they can sing one of their trademark 15-second-long songs. <laughs> Remember, it's it's the one where the Duke of Owls is playing the organ, and there's like these uh, these other guys who are like, "We like darkness," oh, and then yeah. Chanticleer called the sun, and we didn't like that, and we don't like rock and roll. The end. Yeah, that's the whole song. Great, you had an organ piece and some owls talking about how they like it to be dark. Yeah, and then our second main owl character comes crashing into the room. <laughs> yeah the uh the rip taylor of owls <laughs> charles nelson riley uh the doing the voice of hunch uh the duke of owls nephew uh this is a very sta- charles nelson riley was like don blue's best goddamn friend him and dom De- these those two and dom deluise must have been completely like inseparable but uh charles nelson riley shows up and he is doing his standard you know this kind of kind of gravelly, kind of strained voice he had for these cartoon characters. Uh, he had the exact same role in All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yeah. He played a uh, a dog that was Carface's second-in-command, named, like, Peepers, or no, uh, uh, Killers. It was Killer. He was he was a brown dog wearing huge glasses, where Hunch is a little brown owl wearing huge glasses. Yep. 
who's always going like annihilation. <laughs> like that's they had, he, he was the exact same character. They just changed him into an owl. Yep. So Hunch is a little annoying, murderous, stupid owl with giant glasses who says words that rhyme with abomination and yeah, start with and, A. Yeah, it starts with A and ends with Shun. Yeah. So he keeps saying things like acceleration and stuff like that just over and over again. Uh, um, it's it's annoying. There aren't Abdication. Enough, there's not enough words for them to do this. And so some of the ones he says aren't even words. Like, I could think of a million more that they didn't use, but that's because they wouldn't make any sense. Like, abdication. Or, yeah. Yeah. But at one point, he even says atrocitation. Yes. So it's just, that's it. That's the affect they came up with for him to make him sound weird, but they, they couldn't stick to it or make it work. And it doesn't. He keeps saying abomination and acceleration over and over again. It's real weird. The, the other odd thing about this is this is a tiny owl that is obviously an idiot. Yes. And the Duke of Owls is like, I will entrust the destruction of this party trying to find Chanticleer to you, my most incompetent lieutenant. Yes. I'll have these other seven owls that are my friends that are way bigger than you, and some of them are bigger than me, hang around with me and help me sing tiny songs. And even though I'm huge and have magic Lucky Charms breath, I will not stop them because I'm too busy, I don't know, dicking around. I gotta play this piano. Yeah. I think he literally doesn't care whether or not the plot gets accomplished or not. He just wants his nephew out of the room. <laughs> That's it. He's like, ah, oh, they're not going to succeed anyway, but you go stop them. Whatever. Have fun. Quit calling me Uncle Dookie, <laughs> which is what he calls him every time he sees him. Uncle Dookie, Uncle Dookie. Ugh. And then I guess a running gag for this movie is that uh, the Duke of Owls will breathe on on Hunch and turn him into another little animal. Yeah. Every time he, he gets upset in any way, he's like, ah, oh, I turned you into like... A little fish or a green, some kind of weird lizard. The green le- leather bird. <laughs> leather just, bird. Just that sort of stuff. So we're, we're off on the races. It's way, there's so much water that uh, the, the main party, uh, Patu, the magpie, Eugene, I think. No, Eugene's his name character in Greece. Yeah. Yeah, that, I forget the magpie's name. Uh, I'm just going to call him Eddie. So, so, <laughs> so Patu, Eddie, Peepers, and uh, the little boy whose name I've also forgotten. I... I- I cannot, for the life of me, think of it. Uh, let's come up with a name for him. Uh, uh, Puddin? Uh, Wellington? Uh, S- scraps? <laughs> scraps. Yeah, we'll call him Scraps. So, <laughs> so Scraps, Patu, uh, Magpie, and, and Peepers are in a, like a trunk, and they're like floating down a huge river that is a road towards the big city. And, uh, you know, they get harassed by owls, but manage to get away. And- well, the owls manage to route them into a pipe. They, they route them into an a- aqueduct that goes to the city. Yeah. And we get a huge joke about how Hunch can't read, so he thinks it says adequate pipe. Yes. And he's like, goes back to the Duke, and he's like, I routed them into an adequate pipe. Total annihilation. <laughs> <laughs> I threw confetti at him. <laughs> well, yeah, he is kind of somewhere between Paul, uh, Paul, Paul Lind and Rip Taylor. Or Rip Taylor. <laughs> no, Rip. <laughs> Between Paul Lind and Rip Torn. <laughs> oh my god, how much do I want a combination of Paul Lind and Rip Torn? Crunchy, you bonehead. <laughs> but no, he's he's definitely one of those like mid seventies gay stereotype characters that got onto Hollywood Squares, basically. Yes. That's that's all Charles Nelson Riley is throwing out the throwing out here. Yeah. I sent him down an adequate pipe. I laid some adequate pipe the other day, if you know what I'm... I'm naughty. Oh. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, they they go to the city, uh, and Hunch gets punished. Yeah. The, the big thing there is they, they look all around, and they can't pu- find Chanticleer, but boy, howdy, are there a million signs for the king. Yes. Uh, they, they have a huge montage of wandering around the city, talking to random animals, and passing by huge signs that say the king on them. Yeah. And, of course, it turns out that Chanticleer has taken a job as a kind of lounge singer act in uh, in the big city. And he has a manager who's an evil fox with the voice of the sheriff of Nottingham from Robin Hood. Oh, boy. Apparently, getting that guy's also getting some more work on this. You'd remember him because he managed to fit the phrase crime and netly into multiple Disney movies. <laughs> Nutley, Nutley, point that pea shooter the other way. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. He 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 got a couple different Disney roles, and then he went into this and just did that voice again. Yep. He's even the same kind of animal. <laughs> He's I just think like Don Bluth just saw Robin Hood and was like, "I want to do that. Get me all of those actors. Get me them, all of them." <laughs> was it Sandy Duncan doing that church mouse voice? No, I don't care. Get me Sandy Duncan. <laughs> uh, 
It's like all, the, the uh, sheriff of Nottingham is in this movie, just fatter and rounder and and red. Yeah, same character, same voice. It's the same thing. Yeah, he's his evil manager who only cares about money. Yeah. So we get to watch Chanticleer do a whole musical number. Uh, with his hair's been dyed black now, and he's still dressed like Elvis, and he's just doing a musical number. Uh, he's not all that invested in what he's doing. No. And then we we pan up from his musical number to reveal this next set of characters, which is his manager, uh, I don't know, Foxley or something, whatever. I don't think he gets a name. Whatever. And uh, Goldie, the ostensible love interest of this picture. The sex chicken. The sex chicken. Goldie the sex chicken, where you can't tell if she's naked or not. Nope. Just, she's one of those. An outfit made of feathers. I'm I'm a curvy version of whatever an animal is. Yeah. And so, she is she is Audrey from Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, Ellen Green. Uh, so, so, which is weird. You hire Ellen Green and put her in your movie as a, as a lounge singing chicken. And do we give her a song? Sort of. We give her part of a duet that's heard in the distance. Yeah, it's one of those, a song is being sung with Chanticleer. But then we pull out and do that Don Bluth business where you can kind of hear it in the background and people are talking. Yeah. Which, why would you waste Ellen Green like that? I mean, you're not hiring her for her voice acting capabilities. You're hiring her because she's Ellen fucking Green and she's an amazing singer. (laughs) And we give her half of one song heard in the distance. Ah, yes. And that's it. I kept waiting for the big Ellen Green number in this thing. Nope, nothing. Yeah. So uh, Ellen Green is, I guess, jealous of Chanticleer? This motivation is pretty much abandoned in about ten minutes. Yeah, there's... Because when she's first introduced, she seems to not like him and is sort of jealous that he's getting stage time. And then the manager, in order to make sure that Chanticleer doesn't want to leave and go back to the farm, is like, I need you to pretend to be in love with him and seduce him and make sure he stays around. And she does so? Yeah, she just does so immediately. She's like right on board with this. He's like, hey, help me keep this person who you don't like around so that he can take more of your work. And she's like, okay, whatever. And then actually falls in love with him because, of course, that's what's going to happen. In about five minutes, yeah. I'm I'm glad that at least the movie isn't a love story between the two of them like right to the end. It's just like, and the moment they met, they sure did fall in that their love. (laughs) Because, you know, it's a rooster and a chicken and he's just going to do her. Well, she, he's the hottest chicken we've seen so far, and I'm a good judge of whether or not something is a hot chicken. Anyway, I'm a dog. <laughs> that chicken had the best boobs of any chicken I've ever seen. Talk about chicken breasts, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm talking about something different. I'm <laughs> talking about fat sacks hanging off the front of the chicken. Mammary big, tissue. Big old dangle dongers. <laughs> I'm saying that chicken was stacked from here to there. <laughs> I'm saying a human would want to fuck that chicken, and you'd be confused about how they keep kissing each other when they have clearly visible beaks. There's not even skin over the beak. It's just beak. It's just very mobile beak. (laughs) Just squish your beaks. That's what they're doing. They're beak squishing, and I find it offensive. (laughs) And yet strangely tantalizing. Uh, So they do eventually find Chanticleer, and they go in there, and they've got a note that's like, Hey, we want you back on the farm. Please come back. And it's signed four people. Signed four people, three of which you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe he knows the human who lives on his farm and is a yeah, cat. Yeah, he doesn't because it's a cat. It's a cat. He wasn't now. there when he signed the human it with like got a paw print. Yeah. Unless that paw print was cat language for remember that human boy that lived on your farm? Yeah. You know, the youngest of the three human boys that lived on your farm? I'm here and I want you to come back to my farm. <laughs> Please. Well, I'm going to eat you later. Like, guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. <laughs> As soon as you're too old, some other rooster takes over. I'm going to eat you. <laughs> I'm going to eat the fuck out of you. You are going to become some kind of food we use to cook tough roosters. We're going to make like Coco Van or something out of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to uh. shred you into tacos. Now, please come on back to the farm and rescue the sun or whatever. I'm getting hungry right in this. <laughs> uh, so the letter ends up getting snatched by Goldie and she hides it from him. But, mm-hmm. oh, eventually she can't. Keep it a secret no more. And there's a huge bit of business here as they do an un- as they do an underwater dance number and all of the main characters end up in lobster costumes, which is great because they run out on stage in lobster costumes, prompting the manager guy to be like, well, hey, now, there ain't no lobsters in this number. And you're like, well, what, why the hell do you have lobster costumes then? Is it for the lobster costume number? Yeah. Eventually, after he's done with this song, there's going to be another number that's just all lobster review. <laughs> it's all lobsters all the time. Yeah. And lobsters wear the costumes. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Oh God! I don't want to forget that when the th- when the uh, main characters try to sneak into the show so they can throw that message to Chanticleer, uh, the 
their presence has already been noted by the Duke of Owls, and he has called this manager guy to be like, don't let these four animals into the, into the thing. So there's a huge sign-up outside the door that says, no dogs, cats, mice, or birds. And they're not allowed in because of dogs, cats, mice, and birds. And in, in order to enforce the fact that they're not allowed in, there's these frog bouncers that get one song in the movie yeah, about... Yeah, you get it? They're frogs and they're bouncers. They're bouncers. Eh. And that's the whole song. They just come out going, bounce, bounce, bouncers, bouncers. That's what we do. We're bouncers and we'll bounce you. And that is the entire song. Done. There's no more song after that. <laughs> this extension is not part of the song. This is just me riffing on what the song could have been. And instead, it's over right away. Do, 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 do. John, take it. <laughs> take it away. <laughs> It's a duet now. Go. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that there's no continuation to the song. Anyway, so <laughs> the, because they have made it so that four of the main types of animals that live in this city can't get in there. They dress up there in are, costumes. Well, there are people outside that are selling penguin costumes to all of the dogs, cats, birds, and mice that want to come in and see the show. But John, John. It's penguins. It's, it's penguins, though. John. Yeah. Penguins are birds. Yeah, I mean, last I checked, I, I, they're either birds or they're some weird kind of like lobster, right? They're, That's they're they're a fish. <laughs> penguins are a fish, but no one's enforcing this. You know, birds, no birds, but penguins are fine. Rule. <laughs> yeah, I, I think like under bird, it would it just says feathered. <laughs> penguins have feathers. Well, <laughs> they're they have very clear delineated feathers. They have fe- all birds have feathers. All of them. Every single bird. Every last one of them. Unless the feathers have been plucked off, and every bird has feathers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, not these ones. It's a costume it's made a costume. out of... It's a costume. There's no feathers. It's fine. I'm in a penguin costume. Well, what are you under there? It doesn't matter. I'm in a penguin costume. Oh, well, we got to let everyone who's in a penguin costume in. Obviously. No cats, dogs, birds, or mice unless they're dressed as penguins. Yeah. No cats, dogs, <laughs> birds, or mice unless they're dressed as penguins. This is not a continuation of the song. <laughs> yeah. So, Goldie takes the note that they try to sneak to him and is hiding it. But it takes, like, five minutes for her to be like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, basically what happens is uh, they manage to, or, or she gets confronted in a dressing room at one of her movie shoots by the cat, by, uh, by little boy cat, Scraps. Yeah. So, so Scraps gets in there and he's like, you got to help us. You got to help us rescue Chanticleer. And, and she's like, you're some cat I don't know. If you don't get away from me, I will scream. And then she in, proceeds to do so. Indeed she does. And the, the cat gets taken away by... Uh, Foxley, the manager's goons. Yeah, the, the the frog goons. The frog goons, who tie him up and hang him upside down in a trailer with a bunch of other animals that they've also caught. And she's like, oh no, what have I done? I'm only just now realizing that I'm working for bad guys. Yeah. Uh, so she goes to tell uh, Chanticleer, who's in the same movie as her. Yeah, they're like, doing a movie, and it's like a I'm on a motorcycle singing a song movie. It's very Elvis. Very Elvis, and right down to the super cheap backdrops and everything. Uh, and she's like, I've done something. T- I can't do Ellen Green's voice. No one can do Ellen Green's voice. <laughs> yeah. I've done something terrible. And, and he's like, uh, he's like, well, now what have y'all done there now? And like one of the three lines he has in this movie, that's not a song. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, well, your friends tried to take you home and I helped here's, them get captured. Here's a letter. And he reads it and freaks he, out. And he's of so course, mad at her. The manager's like, yo, uh, I'm going to kill these friends of yours unless you continue to do this movie. So back on that bike. <laughs> Yeah, and his response is to ride the bike off the little stage it's on. Yeah, to actually turn the bike for reels on and drive off. Yeah, and he tries to rescue them, but immediately knocks himself unconscious. <laughs> uh, so he is, like I was saying, he is the MacGuffin of this movie. He's barely the star. Yeah. Uh, so he knocks himself unconscious, but uh, a whole bunch... Oh God, this is just standard Don Bluth shenanigans moment, where... He breaks into this trailer at the same time as Hunch notices the trailer and tries to get into the trailer to kill them. Yeah, so Hunch is flying around like an idiot with like a spoon trying to hit people. And yeah, and he's tr- trying to open the top of the... He opens, he cuts a huge hole in the uh, the roof of the trailer with a, with a can opener and then uses the door that was in the middle of the hole that he cut open to o- and he opens it and goes through. Yeah, there's one of those like... Uh, on top of trailers, you'll see those little things where you can open up and get... Go up there to put stuff on the yeah. roof. But... He goes to one of those little doors, uses a can opener to open up the middle, and then just opens the door. Like, doesn't go down the hole he made. The, which is, you know, fine, but it's you need the uh, the bit of business there where he, like, realizes there's a door and feels dumb or something. Because as it stands, there's so many things going on that the joke just kind of gets lost. 
Yeah. But anyway, he comes inside, he gets electrocuted, he bounces around in a Murphy bed for a while, a bunch of nonsense just sort of happens, everyone's contorting and animating. I'm sure it's great if you're five. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. A bunch of stuff is happening on a b- screen. Bunch it's of, A bunch of colorful, waggy nonsense, and everyone talking at once like it's the Goonies. And then, and then or, I don't know, who's that guy who made all those movies where everyone talks at once? Uh, ah, oh, shit, what's his name? He died uh, a few years ago. Yeah, I don't know. That guy. Yeah, uh, that the guy. guy who made the Goonies. That's who I'm talking about. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> the Goonies guy. Goonies guy. Is that Columbus who made the Goonies? What is that? What is that? Columbus? Lucas? George Lucas make the Goonies? Yeah, George Lucas, who died a couple of years ago. Yeah, George Lucas died a couple of, No, I'm not. I'm trying to remember who made the Goonies now. I've, I've moved on. <laughs> I've, I've moved beyond this. John, this is a song about <laughs> oh God, I've moved on. <laughs> Uh, I wish you'd join in with me. Never. I don't know why you won't get in on my fun songs. <laughs> I hate songs. I hate fun and good times. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Everyone who's listening is thrilled that I keep doing that. I know. I know. Everyone loves it. Yeah. I just, I wish you'd get on board. I don't like, you don't have to play Scro- uh, Scrooge in this improv, John. I have to. I have to be that. Well, I have please, to be your straight man that hates everything. Please at least at the very end, realize the error of your ways and burst into song, okay? Yeah, that's never going to happen. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, it's a bunch of shenanigans in business, and eventually it leads to them escaping in uh, Foxley's giant pink eight-wheeled Cadillac monster car. Now, I would like to mention at this point that we have cut back and forth to the farm a few times, and the aforementioned running out of batteries song has happened with the owls, mm-hmm. but the timeline of this is such that it's been at least like a full day or a day and a half since this has happened because we've gone to the city when it's night to the next day to the city when it's night to a movie theater mm-hmm. and you're like or a movie production and you're like dude this has been days how many batteries do they have on that farm and how long does it take for it to flood exactly it's true i mean the it was looking real dangerous when they left but pretty much it stays static ever, once they leave it's pretty much Full to the window line in this yeah, it's, house. It's second story water and then stops regardless of how many days it has been raining. So there's a bunch of random farm animals, including a, a pig with a crew cut, and he's the scared one that has the flashlight. Yeah. Uh, that and, and a bunch of owls kind of standing in a hole in the roof and looking in and being like, they'll run out of batteries, of batteries, of batteries. They'll certainly run out of batteries. And now let's cut to the frogs. Bounce, <laughs> bounce, bounce. <laughs> uh, yeah, the... <laughs> the weirdness of the timeline of this because it starts out and the kid's like we need to go get that rooster back immediately because we're about to die like well i mean granted imminent death no amount of days or nights have gone by because it's all nighttime now so so (laughs) except in the city the city doesn't have rain all the time it's just this farm (laughs) the sun only doesn't rise right here well it might rise but it's blocked out by all this rain by super clouds so it turns out that chanticleer's got nothing to do with the sun He's, he he doesn't have magic powers to bring up the sun. He has magic powers to banish rain. Yeah, he can shoot away clouds. Chemtrail believers would love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I wish there weren't no chemtrails. <laughs> I'm banishing all that fluoride. Cockadoo government keeps spraying all this poison. Thank you, John. Thank you for getting involved. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, so... Anyway, they manage to drag the unconscious Chanticleer back to the town. I mean, some business happens. At one oh, point, yeah. they steal a helicopter. A yeah. Yeah, they get a, they, a helicopter. There's I, I just there's business. There's so much business. <laughs> there is a lot of stupid Bluth business. Yeah, and this it's is fine. even the pivotal moment for the little kid where he finally screws up his courage and goes and tries to rescue the mouse girl who's been doing all his shit for him. But she has stolen an, a helicopter, and he, <laughs> she's like, I don't need your help, scrub. Yeah, there's there's a moment where they're driving around this Cadillac, but it's still got the trailer attached, and she's mm-hmm. like, yo, you're a cat, you're supposed to be super agile, go down there, undo the thing that has the trailer so we can get away, Yeah, and he's like, I can't, I'm too little, and then she's like, fine, fuck you, I'm a mouse, and I'll do it. I mean, granted, she's a full-grown adult mouse, and he's like four. But like at, still, certain, at a certain point, she should realize you're a cat. You're supposed to be super agile, and he's like, "Yeah, but I'm four, and I've been a I've been a cat for like six hours. <laughs> I don't, I can't do. I really, you shouldn't have even brought me. I like that at the end. That, it just stop. You know, you shouldn't have even brought me. In fact, you know what? Fuck you, mouse. Yeah, <laughs> you should have brought that pig with the crew cut. <laughs> he seems like he's got it all together. Well, maybe one of the owls. I mean, that would be useful. <laughs> So, yeah, instead, Peepers the mouse is like, fine, fuck you, I'll do it, unhooks the trailer, gets flung off into the distance, 
but then uses this opportunity to steal a plane. Yeah, she steals a big-ass helicopter. So she is endlessly resourceful, and literally they did not need to bring this cat with them. No, the cat does fuck all. She's about as useful as the magpie. The magpie is actively a hindrance to them. There's a scene where they get stuck underwater in a, in a treasure chest, and he flips out because he's claustrophobic and starts trying to drill his way out with his beak. Yeah, he just about drowns the entire party. Yeah, he is he is actively detrimental. If the, you had just sent the dog and the mouse, everything would have been fine. It would have been perfect. She would have rode in on that rad dog with his bunions and his shoelaces, and they could they would have rescued Sean Oh yeah, we never mentioned that the dog's wearing shoes, did we? Yeah, the dog's wearing... He spends wearing... the entire movie trying to figure out how to tie shoelaces. Yes. He spends the whole movie trying to figure out how to tie his shoes because he has bunions, but only on his back feet because he's one of them two-leg dogs. Yeah. He's, he's, he's one of them dogs that if they were to wear shoes, they would wear it like this instead of like this. Yeah. He's one of them dogs that's always on the lookout for a sexy lady dog, you know, like a poodle or maybe a golden or a collie. You know, a golden collie. A golden collie. Well, there's, only kind, there's only two kinds of sexy dogs, John. Yeah. You got collies and you got poodles. Any other kind of dog is automatically a dude. Automatically, unless they want to make a joke yeah. about oh. how that lady looks like a dude. Or, There's some British bulldog dog, and they're like, look at that doodly dog. And it's like, oh, I'm a lady. How dare you, masher? <laughs> masher, he didn't swear on me, mom. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. There's a lady dog in uh, Oliver and Company that's neither of those two things. Yeah. She's like a Saluki or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. She's a super minor character, but that's that's the only other lady dog there's ever been. <laughs> ever. Ever. Every single other dog has been a collie or a poodle. Yep. So moving on from this, anyway, this terrible they, conversation. They uh they get back to the farm, mm-hmm. just in our our plane. Whatever they get back and and when you know it, it's almost too late. The owls are about to do something. Yeah the the batteries have just about run out and the farm animals are in danger. But here they come and Chanticleer is going to try and do stuff and just get wrecked by an owl who is magic. But Chanticleer can't sing and why can't he sing? Because they made fun of him earlier. Yeah, he just doesn't have the noise. So he, he gets stuck in a hole in the ground, and he can't sing, and then, and then people try and help him, but they can't, and eventually they can, and he helps and he sings. And it's, this is right after the Duke of Owls has turned himself into a tornado? Yeah, now the Duke of Owls has breath that can transform things, shrink things, grow th- things. Mm-hmm. He has just sort of shenanigans, whatever he wants to breath, and his response to, oh, I have, uh, I have this rooster here, finally, trapped. And none of these other guys can do anything. I know what I'll do. I'll turn myself into a tornado that stands still. Yeah. So that happens, and the tornado threatens everyone's lives. And then all of a sudden, Chanticleer finds his balls. And, <laughs> and so he starts going, over and over again. And he flies around the tornado in a circle. Yeah. And then the sun comes up. The sun comes up and the tornado stops spinning. Because it gets zapped by sunlight because it's still technically an owl who hates light. Yeah. And it turns into a little tiny owl, the Duke, little tiny Duke of Owls, who is chased out of the movie by Hunch, who's trying to eat him. Yeah. Great. So we get one last moment of Hunch going like, Abomination! <laughs> Center square to block! <laughs> Crunchy. He's neither of those people, but but you know, it's just pretty much what he is. Uh, Atrocitation! A total acceleration, he says as he disappears off screen. Agitation! Yeah, to aggravation! <laughs> just forever. Uh, and then... The little they do they sing the same song they sang in the beginning, and the little boy gets turned into a cartoon little boy and then back into a real little boy, and he does some unbelievable terrible dancing with the cartoon animals, and credits roll. Yeah, he he wakes up on his bed. Oh, that's right, he has to wake up too. And the mom's like, "Hey, everything's fine now. <laughs> the look farm outside. is fine, you, you, except when you look outside, the farm is clearly not fine. The farm is like an 18th century mud pit. Oh yeah." This isn't, like, a modern-day farm. This is straight up some, like, crazy backwoods nonsense. Yeah, he looks out the window, and it's just horrible garbage outside. I mean, granted, it could just be flood damage, but even then, it's like, when you look in the distance, you see the barn, it's like an 18th... It's like a Mennonite raised that barn. Oh, yeah. This is, this is like, old, old-school Amish shit. Yeah, that's what's happening out there, and... It's just, it's just ruined. You expect the mom to be like, hey, wake up. You need to go outside. There's a wizard who wants to talk to you. He said something about a quest. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go outside. There's a barn raising this afternoon. Gotta help your father with it. Ah, it is a fine barn, English. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, he goes outside and he dances with cartoons and credits. Yeah. So that there you go. We've, 
we've learned the valuable lesson that even if you aren't able to make the sun come up, you can still use your magic powers to banish rain. Like, I don't know what the lesson we're supposed to learn here was. You can do anything, even if you're little. Uh, Except you can't, because he never does anything. Yeah. That's the plus, well, it's it's a lesson about the mouse, John. Oh, yeah. You're like, don't look at the kid. The kid's an idiot. Anyway, the, the le- lesson is... The lesson of this movie is that there's a rad mouse voiced by Sandy Duncan who can do anything. The lesson is Sandy Duncan is rad. Can Sandy Duncan fly a helicopter when she's a mouse? The answer's yes. Obviously. That's, that's the lesson of this film. The answer is... Baloo needs shoes. The answer to the lesson is Baloo needs Velcro shoes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rockadoodle gets to score with a hot chicken. Yeah, Chanticleer gets himself some some sex chicken action. He, he gets a nice sex chicken, uh, and the little boy doesn't learn a lesson and probably dies the next year of typhus, the end. <laughs> I, I, I'm of the opinion that he probably gets, like, scarlet fever. Yeah, he definitely dies of some disease that he is, has, has since been eradicated by vaccines. Yeah, he is definitely cuddling a velveteen rabbit and then kicks it. Yeah, he, he kicks off because of mumps or the rubella. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what happens in this story. Mother, another one of our boys has died of rickets. <laughs> Don rickets. Well, in order to appease our dark god, we need to sacrifice that there rooster. The <laughs> end. The end of this movie. The end. And then they all worship owls. Yeah, everyone worships evil, evil owls. Slightly cartoonier than the evil owl of, of uh, Secret of Nim. Uh, there you go. So that's rock a doodle. Rock an entire doodle. One whole doodle, please. One one doodle, lightly rocked. <laughs> if you could uh, if you could get me a doodle and just some rocking, not a full rocking, just some. Yeah, what you want to do is you want to take that doodle, and what I'd like you to do at that point is bounce, 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 <laughs> bounce, bounce the doodle, and the song never ends, and I keep singing it, and John hates the thing that I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the best and worst. Well, definitely the best thing about this movie is the song sung by the frogs. Yeah, definitely. I I don't know. what. Oh, go ahead. Let's get into the best and worst, John. Yeah. So, shit, let's see. Uh, best for me? I actually like his opening song, if I'm honest. The, I like all three of Glenn Campbell's Elvis-style chicken songs. I think the first one is the best. Yeah. Like, it's got... Well, it's the only one that's connected to the film. Yeah, all the rest of them were just, I'm singing some songs that we came up They're with. just songs about how he's in love with you, baby. Yeah. They're just generic Elvis songs. But yeah, that first one's really good. And my father taught me how to sing, and that's why the sun do shine. Yeah, it's it's a great song. Yeah. Uh, so that's my highlight. The highlight of the film is the first song that they get to do again. All right, first song of the film is your favorite part. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of this film is anything to do with the owls. Okay, that's Cause, fair. Because the owls are hilarious, like cartoony and dumb. And I love I love the Duke of Owls' magic breath. I think, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to limit that. Everything to do with the owls except for Hunch. Okay. Fair enough. All that's right. fair. Yeah, because Hunch is an annoying, very predictable Don Bluth character. Yes. Yeah, so so that's my favorite part of this movie is anything to do with the owls, including their two tiny little songs. <laughs> Just the worst tiny songs. They're running out of batteries, of batteries, of, of batteries. batteries. They're running out of batteries, probably C-cells. <laughs> Whoever sees a 9-volt anymore, that's not me. I sure don't. <laughs> I can't even go to the store anymore. Do you remember 9-volt batteries? <laughs> you used to need them for radio-controlled cars. <laughs> I only put them in a smoke detector. <laughs> smoke alarm would have been a better slant rhyme. But thank you for getting involved. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so I let you finally get involved and I immediately shit on it. Yeah. I'm the worst. You are the literal worst person. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, uh, what's your least favorite thing? Uh, the worst thing in this is you. You're the worst. Jeff. Jeff is the worst. <laughs> I was definitely in 1991's Rockadoodle. <laughs> 1992's Rockadoodle. 19, oh, I was in 1991's Rockadoodle. I was in the Broadway movie upon which this is based. Yeah. That's right. The Broadway movie. Well, I wrote the book upon which the Broadway movie was based. <laughs> well, I lived it. <laughs> I, I live it every day. I'm Chanticleer. <laughs> and I'm a little boy. <laughs> I'm scraps. <laughs> Does anybody have any scraps? I'm too little to tie a dog's shoes. <laughs> uh, well, that's definitely my least favorite thing, was the little boy. Edmund is his name, by the way. It's why I think that's why you were getting Eddie for the magpie. Thank you. Yeah. But, well, no, I was getting Eddie for the magpie because it's Eddie Deason. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. He is He's the worst character. He does nothing. He has the most annoying speech impediment that makes it so you can't 
tell what he's saying no, a lot he, of the time. Not like it matters what he's saying. He's no. just saying, I'm a wheel piece of shit. I'm well, getting wheel oh, stabby. Yo, I got Jay Davidson's penis. I got married to Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you asking if I, as a little cat, go up inside Whoopi Goldberg's vagina and dance around a little? <laughs> you bleed this fucking guy? <laughs> Uh, thank you, Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> so, yeah, that that little kid is the worst. He serves no purpose, learns no lesson, and is annoying. So yeah. that is the worst thing in the movie for me. Uh, I'll, just take the, I'll just take the magpie, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's the other one. Yeah, Eddie Deason voices a magpie who should not be in this movie because he doesn't do anything but fucking uh, nearly drown them and then later on develop an unhealthy love affair with lasagna. You can't have that random magpie from a movie. That's Garfield's thing. You didn't earn Garfield's thing. <laughs> no, you can't just randomly show up in a movie and be like, I'm Eddie Deason, and I love lasagna, I'm and a, I hate Mondays. I'm a cartoon, and I love lasagna. <laughs> you can't do that. No, that's not yours. <laughs> lasagna and pizza are spoken for. Stop it. You could pick another food. Get something else. I don't know, pies or something. Get, love cannolis. Come on. <laughs> I love cannolis. I'm Eddie Deason. <laughs> this magpie loves ravioli. <laughs> oh, Italianation. <laughs> Stromboli. <laughs> Calzonation. <laughs> so uh, the magpie and the little boy are the worst parts of the movie. Yes, for sure. Okay, let's uh, let's go ahead and give it our rating. We're giving it one to five, giving it the rating out of ten for the two of us. What do you got? I'll give it a two. It wasn't. You know what? I'll give it two and a half. I, it, it was about seventy minutes long. Yeah. So that that goes a long way towards my enjoyment of a terrible film. Is like if it's not very long. If this had been two and a half hours long, this would get a one, and I would not have been willing to review it. No. The that I mean that's going to be the same. I'll I'll give it a two and a half as well. Mm-hmm. Honestly, because it is short enough that it did not make me hate everything. Yeah. It was still to the point where I'm like, well, I enjoyed a couple of the songs and it's it's sort of goofy, I guess. It was short enough that I didn't get angry at the movie. Yeah, basically. And there were I liked a couple of the songs in it. This is the sort of thing where if this was randomly on TV and I can't imagine a situation in which that would be the case. Oh, it it did as child me growing up. In the 90s, as a kid of the 90s. Yeah, sure, fair enough. Only uh, 90s kids would have seen this movie randomly on TBS at 4 in the afternoon. Exactly. Only 90s kids. Only 90s kids. <laughs> 80s kids would have been like, this is bullshit. 80s kids had to watch the day after. <laughs> Fuck you, 80s kids. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, two, two and a half. Because, yeah, that, that's about right. This is, yeah, this is about five, a five. Five out of ten. It's, it's a, about a C. It's medium. Have you seen a Don Bluth movie that you didn't just fucking hate? Uh... I can, li- I can list them off for you if it'll help. A Troll in Central Park. Never saw it. Pebble and the Penguin. Never saw it. Uh, Secret of Nim. Uh, saw it. Can't remember anything except for the terrifying owl. And the crow. The fucking crow. And that Dom DeLuise crow in that movie that's basically like, what is this? You trying to do a serious movie? Here I am, Dom DeLuise. <laughs> Just for an hour. Uh, no, literally the only thing I can remember is the owl from that movie. The, the movie's real weird. Like, if you read the book? No. So the book's just like, oh, this little mouse shows enough determination to, like, change the course of all these big, strong rats' lives and, like, kind of helps modify their government and stuff. In in the movie, she has a magic amulet that gives her the strength to pick up a tractor. Ah. Uh, it's... And the only, I swear, the only reason it has the magic amulet is for more Don Bluth, let's play with grainy lighting effects. <laughs> Just standard. Uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven? Uh, seen it, can't remember it. Uh, an American Tale? Uh, enjoyed that one, but haven't watched it in like 20-something years. It's about time to revisit it, I bet, because I'm sure that there's like two good songs in it. Oh, I'll bet. It's somewhere out there, and uh, uh, No street, Cats in America. No Cats in America, and I feel like the song sung by the alligator is also good, although it's not coming to me at the moment. No. Uh, there's there's like some jazz alligator in the... It, by the way, jazz alligator, great name for weed. Also, aren't you just thinking about the princess and the frog with a jazz alligator? Nope. There's a, there's a predated jazz alligator to princess and the frog. There's the original jazz this alligator. This is the first jazz alligator. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, that's a great movie. The first jazz alligator. Yeah. Oh, man. It is so good. I yeah. cried. I, I laughed. <laughs> I, I laughed at you crying. I bounced. <laughs> I ran out of batteries. <laughs> It's not going to get any funnier. <laughs> uh, so five out of ten. There you go. 
Thank you so much for listening to us ramble on about a crappy animated movie from 1992 <laughs> that you don't care about. And no one cares oh, about. Oh, I just remember two more movies from the Don Blues School. Oh. Uh, okay, one of them is uh, We're Back, A Dinosaur Story. Never saw it. And Titan AE. Oh, yeah, Titan AE. I've seen that, and I, I enjoyed it. Titan well AE enough. is reasonably interesting. Yeah. It's got a lot of boring or stupid things happening in it. And I mean, you definitely have that, that Don Bluth heavy business it's got, it's definitely spread got, around. It's got the business. It's got some cool-looking sci-fi effects, though, and some redi- it's got the most ridiculous of soundtracks. <laughs> yes. Lose my head on a chemical freeway. Coming up on overload. I had the soundtrack. I, I know every dumb British trip-hop song in it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's got more more than one song about where the aliens get high. More than one. That's it's peak mid nineties is what it is. <laughs> Every song is a t shirt you bought at Hot Topic that's that smiley face, but it has three alien eyes and there's a mushroom nearby. Good. Great. Bart Simpson doing a skateboard lip trick off a mushroom. <laughs> that's that's Titan AE. Only nineties kids. <laughs> Only nineties kids want this movie that stars what? Uh Matt Damon and uh, uh it's uh what's her face from Fifty First Dates. Yeah. And and Firestarter. Yeah, her. <laughs> yeah, I love that you go to Fifty First Dates and I go to Firestarter. No one went to ET. No, really? not a single person. And we're not going to name her because uh, not because we can't remember her not name. That, not that. Not because of that. It's definitely not that. It's because we want to drive you guys nuts. Yeah, that's it. That's what it that's is. That's exactly she, it. She showed her boobs to David Letterman. <laughs> Who hasn't? Uh, you <laughs> wrong again? <laughs> oh, did you do that to buy a monkey? I showed my boobs to Letterman. To <laughs> Letterman. To Letterman. He showed his boobs to Letterman to buy a monkey. <laughs> Cabin boy references. Well, we're done. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We will, of course, be back in a couple weeks with more movie mastery. If you like what we do, you can support us at Patreon.com/slash/SystemMastery. Give us some money. Let's us rent extra stupid things like this because it costs us money to do that we do need to push up the numbers because if we're going to make it to gen con and shit we got to make that number happen yeah but yeah. you know whatever help us if you want yeah if i you can't like imagine it, someone wanting to help us after listening to this one <laughs> uh if you if you want to hear more terrible songs from jeff or me <laughs> then of course please support us i do have that one song i posted on youtube there and, you go and i've got you singing that that uh spongebob squarepants thing exactly we on, both have songs we both have we both have we have a hit album coming out yeah we are <laughs> give us enough money and we will produce a hit album it'll be spongebob squarepants parodies and uh, parodies of animaniacs songs and parodies oh, uh, of frogs uh, talking about bouncing yeah frogs talking about bouncing and uh, some kirk cameron style raps i yeah, think so an entire kirk cameron rap album yeah that'll happen so <laughs> please support us there if you got any questions comments anything like that you can of course find us on twitter facebook gmail all of it at system mastery and if you want to add to our big list o movies so that maybe something you want us to see will get reviewed, you can go to reddit.com slash r slash system mastery, find the big movie list, and go ahead and comment there, and it'll get onto that list. Yep. Yep. That's uh, how this one got on there. Yep. So uh, until another couple weeks with some more movie mastery, you have a good one. <laughs>